What's up? And welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, I wanted to go with the WhatsApp from like uh, the Bud Light commercials from like way back. Remember those? Those are super but, dated commercials. Holy moly. Yeah. I, 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 part of it was I didn't want to date myself, but looks like I just did anyways. And also, I feel like that would be a jarring thing to turn on a podcast to. So anyways, what's up to all our listeners? Uh, got a great episode this week. I'm joined by the Nerd Bomber as always. Hello, everybody. And, of course, our good friend, Tactic. Hey, hey. Eh, no, I didn't like hey, hey. Hi. Hey, hey is for hey, horses. Hey, pretty good. W- well, we can edit that out. Um, it's, this is going to be an interesting episode this week uh, because uh, Nerd Bomber and I are not on speaking terms because she uh, beat me in fantasy football. So it's going to be a pretty strange back and forth. It wasn't even like a beat. It was basically come from behind and steal a win from him. In other words, it was brutal, and uh, my ego has been badly damaged, so um, I'm going to rely on you, the listener, to, to kind of guide me through that today, and we're going to guide you through a number of pieces of news. Uh, so we talked about Star Wars last week. We're going to be talking about Star Wars again this week because, guys, Star Wars is cool, and uh, it makes news a lot. I'm not going to apologize for it. I feel like they do have a lot of stuff rolling out the last few weeks. They're, they're hitting us hard in the fall with like their their press packages uh we're going to talk about the mandalorian today another trailer was just released i think actually today or maybe late yesterday we're gonna be talking about that we're gonna be talking about game of thrones yes game of thrones might be over but uh of course the prequel machine is uh churning we have a couple of updates about that and uh we're gonna be talking about uh a spooky game release this week uh, luigi's mansion 3 is coming out for the switch so we're gonna kind of buzz through some of the reviews there and I'm going to wax poetic about my Luigi's Mansion experience, but we'll get to that. But first, let's let's start, as I said, with the with the Mandalorian trailer. So the Mandalorian already got a trailer. I want to say it was earlier in the summer, uh, the first trailer. Now, this show is one of Disney Plus's kind of like um, headlining acts as they uh, roll out their service. Uh, It has the most expensive production budget for a television show, I think, of all time. Uh, I believe John Favreau was involved either as a director or producer or both. Um, and we know that he did the Lion King remake earlier this year. Uh, it's a big deal. Um, and the first trailer got me hyped. First trailer was essentially what got me completely on board with Disney plus this second trailer, uh, is pretty much just more of the same. Um, there's a, there's a lot of uh, footage overlap. I will say like you see certain things in both trailers. Um, we do get some new stuff here, though, and maybe the biggest thing is that we hear the Mandalorian speak for the first time, which you could argue is a pretty big deal. Um, so, swinging it over to you guys, uh, general thoughts, general takeaways from this trailer. I enjoyed it. I always liked the story of like a nomadic character that doesn't really belong in one place, but super badass. And by the way, he's a headhunter, so you can't really go wrong with the badass value of that. Um, my one question to you that I watched and couldn't figure out is why is his armor so much better than everyone else's? Okay. You know what? It's funny that you mentioned this because I literally wanted to ask you the same question multiple times in this trailer, multiple times he gets shot and it just ricochets nothing happens and, and then he'll actually, shoot back and then that, that's it what is his yeah, armor and like you know we we know stormtroopers are typically bad shots their armor is essentially i don't know made of like ceramic or something i don't know what it's made out of but it's very fragile but like 
yeah he 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 takes multiple direct hits i actually was like rewinding and replaying the trailer to be like did that hit him or did it like miss him or what's the deal no a laser bolt just hits him right in the shoulder and he's like no big deal so so that is kind of i guess it's a question that i have which is like why 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 is his armor so much better is his armor going to be so much better for the whole show because if it is that might be pretty uninteresting yeah i feel like if they set him up to be this like indestructible person who always is just the best and superior in battle i feel like that's not going to be that much fun to watch at least after a while like it'll be interesting to hear his backstory but then after that if he just is awesome and better than everyone else then what fun is there to watch and if what makes him better than everyone else is a couple extra dollar signs when making your purchase at your local blacksmith, well, that's not fair. I would agree that it would be a pretty uninteresting element, but there's a lot going on here. I mean, there's um, the voiceover kind of talks about um, kind of the history of Mandalorians, which is like it's digging, it's diving deep into Star Wars, the Star Wars mythos, which I'm not going to dive too deep into it now, but I think I don't actually know, but I think the Mandalorians are like this, this nomadic people who once had a planet, they don't have it anymore. And they turn into this band of like kind of rovers and um, they're all like elite mercenaries, of course. Um, It'll be interesting to see how much, like you said, how much they dig into this guy's backstory. Um, But clearly, you know, what's on display in the trailer is he is an amazing gunfighter. He seems to be able to, he's like, He's using one of those electronic electric baton things at one point, sapping people. He's he's got all these gadgets. You know, we 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 tend to forget that like so Django Fett in the prequel trilogy, and really in episode two, he was he was super cool. Um, but his death I thought was unsatisfying. Similarly, in Return of the Jedi, some may forget that Boba Fett essentially was killed on accident. He's supposed to be like this amazing bounty hunter, like this savvy weapons expert he has this jetpack that makes him amazing and han solo hits him in the back and knocks him into the sarlacc pit and he just he just eats it and i'm hoping that we see i mean i don't want to see someone as dominant as like he can never be hurt or killed but it's going to be cool to get some more mileage out of out of the idea of like you said this kind of like old west uh nomadic wanderer who's killing or capturing for money another thing that i did pick up on that i thought was super interesting was aside from what you saw him wielding some of the people he was fighting had cool weapons like in one scene there was the guy shooting two pistols and they also had a pistol that was synchronized to what he was shooting on his shoulder i thought that was really really cool so i hope to see more um, exciting weapons like that and then to your point with respect to some kind of a satisfying death I hope that he becomes more robotic. Like, let's say he gets his arm cut off from a lightsaber. And and to that point, do you think we're going to see some Jedi um, interactions on this story? Well, so, you know, I I have to to say that I would like, I would like for it to stand on its own. I, I, I think one pervasive problem that Star Wars has, even when, even, you know, with like Rogue One, which Rogue One, of course the plot inherently has ties to the star Wars universe um, and to the Skywalker saga. But I feel like they, especially at the end of that movie got way too close to that. Like the involvement of Darth Vader was not needed. It was kind of an okay scene, but like I would like for there to be no Jedi. 
I think I like I would like for it to be much more of like a a Serenity kind of if you've watched Serenity or if um or if you've seen Firefly actually Firefly is the name of the show um you have this real space western thing where it's this serial show where every episode these people go somewhere different they solve some different problem and of course there's ongoing character development but like each episode kind of stands alone i think it would be really cool to see you know in the midst of us learning more about who this warrior is like every episode he goes to a different system and he does a different thing he he helps someone I mean, like i think it's going to be like an anti-hero sort of thing maybe that's not the case um maybe he just goes to different systems and kills different people but i'll be curious to see not only are there ties to the outside you know the existing star wars universe but uh how is the continuity going to play I agree with you in that I would like to see this more of a standalone. I think one of the coolest parts about Star Wars is the world and the lore and everything. And outside of like Clone Wars and the books and stuff, I feel like in terms of live action action visual shows, all we really have to go on for the most part of the movies. And I don't think there's nearly enough time in a movie, even if you have an epic length movie, to really fully explore the world of Star Wars. So I think it'll be really nice to have a more long form thing, like a television show to really dig into the, the world. And like you said, maybe we'll see him hop around. We'll get to see the different societies and stuff that you don't really see when you're just following the story of the Jedis and the, the big battles between light and darkness. I'd like to see a little bit more of like the everyday life and what life is like and I think this is a really good opportunity. And from what we're seeing, like there's a lot more characters that are introduced and I don't think it will be directly necessarily tied to, you know, the Jedi. I don't want to say timeline, but like the whole Jedi storyline that we've seen so far in most of Star- the Star Wars content. So there was another right. scene that I picked up on where it was a little kid and it looked like he was almost like hand gesturing, like he was moving something like using the force aka did you guys pick up See, on that i thought he was just reaching for a person or something i mean he, it could have been a force sensitive kid um i didn't take i didn't particularly take that away from that shot um but you know sadly it, it wouldn't surprise me if that were the case like like i think the whole jedi stick should be allocated to the movies i mean you have so much, like, even just now and, and, and listening um, to what Nerd Bomber had to say, I was thinking about how much depth, like, you have shows like Game of Thrones, which we'll get to in a minute, that focus on, you know, they just, they have this world that all these characters live in, and there's these power struggles, and, you know, fighting happens, but, like, imagine a show that was just, uh, okay, so after Return of the Jedi, you have this kind of power vacuum, right, where uh, we need to, like, rebuild the Senate. And, like, there will be power struggles. You have, like, House of Cards-ish kind of elements. You have Game of Thrones-ish kind of elements. You set everything on Coruscant, which I think is a cool planet that has not been explored nearly enough in live action. And you have yourself a show that has juice. And, and, and like, obviously that's not what The Mandalorian is going to be, but I think the point is that there's a lot of capacity remaining. I mean, obviously the Star Wars universe has been harvested for good stories for many many years but there's still so much left and i would hope that the mandalorian can carve out something that's non-jedi um and you know hopefully just cool to watch i guess i mean you know we see that stormtroopers are still going to be involved that's fine with me stormtroopers are pretty much just cannon fodder in all iterations of star wars um 
We do see IG-88, which do you guys know about IG-88? I do not. So this robot guy shooting all the guns, like swiveling his arms around and lasering in the in the trailer. It's been in both. He's been in both trailers, actually. IG-88 is another bounty hunter and he's completely robotic. Uh, if you've played the video game Shadows of the Empire, which is a dope as hell uh, Nintendo 64 game, you at one point have to face IG-88 and he is super hard to beat. Um, I think it'll be cool to see what the bounty hunter community is like. Because <laughs> you even you get a taste of that in Empire Strikes Back, where Darth Vader assembles all these bounty hunters, basically says, one of you, go and get Han Solo. Um, but I'm curious what the community is like, what that underground is like. And that would be a cool thing for the show to explore as well. So yeah, overall, I'm just, I'm really excited, but further thoughts from you guys i mean i think that pretty much i i so i'll readily admit that i am not the biggest star wars nerd on this podcast like i've seen the movies and everything but i never really dove into the lore and stuff as much as i could have or probably should have to be a self-respecting nerd um but everything that i've seen so far from both this trailer and the last trailer like i'm really interested in it i think it'll be a good jumping into point too for a lot of people like me who didn't necessarily get super involved with the original star wars trilogy but now as it's gotten more popular and stuff like obviously you can't avoid it so i think having a new cast of characters and a new entry point into the world of star wars i think will be a really good thing especially when you can do it in bite-sized chunks like a tv show i think having like hour-long episodes and stuff is a little bit more manageable if you're just trying to get into a new world especially like i said earlier like I think there you can just do a little bit more with it from a storytelling and world building standpoint. So I think ultimately for me, I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, one of the reasons that I do want Disney Plus, besides just the the massive library of movies, I think it'll be a really good show and something I can really dig into and start to appreciate Star Wars a little bit more in depth. For me personally, it's right up my alley, specifically because if you ask Nerd Bomber, I love comic book characters. I love Marvel superheroes, DC superheroes. And the main thing that I love about them is you never see me reading through just comic book stories. What you always see me doing is I'm reading the backstory, how they came to be, whether it be a superhero or a villain or with Star Wars. I always like understanding what brought them to that point. So getting this this whole backstory of the Mandalorian and and or hopefully the backstory of the Mandalorian on and what the kind of struggles that got them to be where he is, um, and again fingers crossed that's what I'm ready to sign up for. So are you hoping for full? I mean, you're, it sounds like you're interested mostly in origin story. So are you fo- are you hoping for flashbacks? Like, would that yes. be something you'd like to see in this show? Okay, yeah. yeah. I think that would be cool. And like I mean, real and, and dark, I, traumatic flashbacks. Almost like if you wow. go back to like the Arrow season one, um, flashbacks like that where like there's still a lot of present day action, but you kind of get snippets of the past to help connect the the characters past to how they got to where they are today. That was actually one of my favorite parts, not to not to digress into the Arrow, but that was probably one of my favorite parts of the early seasons of Arrow. And I, I don't want to talk about what happened as the seasons went on. But I think that would be actually a really cool thing. Basically, my goal is to sit, watch, and say, oh, damn. I think, and to touch on a point that, that you made, Nerd Bombers, like, 
I don't know who the bigger Star Wars nerd in the podcast is, whether it's me or Technic. I I think it might be me. Um, you. When I was a ki- when I was a kid, I had like like uh, atlases that like had all the planets and like I had, I had books that like documented extensively like every vehicle that was ever used, every weapon, every droid. You know, like I was I was really really into it. So it's going to be an interesting thing for me to watch this show and you know if they try to explore anything that's already existent in the extended universe uh to what extent they're going to explain that to uh viewers like you and to what extent they're going to tip their cap to people like me who tend to know a lot more than they probably should (laughs) uh about star wars so i I think that'll be an interesting line for them to try and tread I, i think they're capable of it um but that's one of the things that I am going to be watching out for. So the Mandalorian uh, drops on Disney plus when Disney plus uh, kicks off on November 12th. So um, if it sounds like you're kind of party, then sign up for Disney plus um, more, more, more Disney news and, and to kind of bleed into um, our next topic, which is uh, these game of Thrones prequels. It was also just announced a couple days ago that um the writers of game of thrones the davids i can't think of their names offhand um david something and david something else i'm googling it right now game of thrones writers uh david benioff and db weiss are the two guys i'm thinking of uh they were tasked with the creating the next star wars trilogy and um they have announced as of yesterday i think that um they have walked away from from that trilogy um they claim that it's because of their schedules i'm not sure that that's true uh i have a theory uh, well so we we can get to that in a second um they apparently signed a nine-figure deal with netflix in august uh i uh think that i mean that might have gotten in the way uh, of, of what they were hoping to do with star wars um that trilogy is supposed to start uh, in 2022. Um, I think that Disney might have just uh, shoved them out the door after what happened with Game of Thrones. But um, Tactic, your, your theory? I think they, um, with the huge fan base that Star Wars has, it is a big pill to swallow to try to come up with the new trilogy in that universe. And I think they were just afraid that they wouldn't be able to cut it, honestly. I think that's a very fair prediction. I, I, I mean, whether you liked what they did with Game of Thrones or not. So you guys, do you guys watch Game of Thrones or did you watch Game of Thrones? We did, yeah. So, so you guys know, you know, and even I know, I don't watch, but I know about all the controversy surrounding the last season where um, they made some choices that a lot of fans of the show and of the novels uh, thought were uh, questionable. And they faced a decent amount of backlash from that. And maybe they're afraid to get into that kind of situation again. What I find really ironic is that part of their reasoning for why they wanted to do a rushed final season of Game of Thrones and why they wanted to end the series, I believe it was their choice to kind of wrap up the series early, um, was that they had this Star Wars deal on the horizon and they wanted to move on to greener pastures. So they just kind of rushed everything. And I mean, the fans aren't stupid. You saw the quality dip after i mean 
man, it was such a successful show, had really good storytelling and world building. I mean, the final season of Game of Thrones just felt kind of sloppy. A lot of things just felt slapped together. Characters didn't act like they used to act, like their reasoning for doing things wasn't there and it didn't make a lot of sense. And I just find it ironic that it felt like they rushed it so that they could do the Star Wars deal. And now it seems like either they got pushed out or they just don't have the confidence to pull it off because I know they signed this Netflix deal, but you can't tell me and I can't obviously speak for their motivations 100%, but you can't tell me that if you had the opportunity to make a Star Wars trilogy and go down in history as the guys who made another Star Wars trilogy, you wouldn't take that over some Netflix deal. Because especially as we're looking at all of these different streaming services coming out, like Netflix is kind of going the wrong way. They have a lot of good content right now, but they're raising their prices. They keep talking about how they're going to crack down on having people share accounts when the services like Disney Plus are saying, hey, we'll let you have six people on this account for a lot cheaper. Like, it just seems a little ill-advised, but hey. I I mean, to me, the the, the takeaway from all this is that the optics for Disney, like they might have thought that the optics were bad announcing this. The optics are good here. I like everything I've seen has, you know, there are headlines that say like, oh, Star Wars trilogy suffers setback as Game of Thrones writers leave. And everyone's like, setback? I, this is the opposite of a setback. I mean, these guys just had, I, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time dunking on these guys, but a couple of days ago, they also had um, a Q&A at some event uh that was essentially uh disastrous if if you google it and if you if you read anything about that q a um they kind of made themselves sound like they stumbled into game of thrones and like never really had any idea what they were doing and just got lucky um not a good look for them not a good look for netflix and that's kind of why my conspiracy theory is star wars and disney they figured out some way to get these guys off the books in such a way that they would say like, ah, oh, we're moving on, you know, and not giving a whole lot of other details. Um, and I mean, if that's the way. case, good for Disney and star Wars, because I think that star Wars is such an irreverent franchise and they've already had some backlash with some of the, the latest movies that they've done. And I think that they need to basically keep the integrity of star Wars. I don't think they can afford to have an, a trilogy basically, poop the bed so i think it's a smart move right. if they did push them out i i i think the timing of, of all of this is a, a little bit curious um but it's also it's also timed uh apparently with with some announcements about some prequels uh for game of thrones um so we actually had two announcements about game of thrones prequels today um i did not know that there were apparently two in the works at the same time um one of the prequels today uh was uh ordered for a full season at hbo uh it's called house of the dragon and it's based on um the game of thrones companion book fire and blood supposedly this will be set 300 years before the events of game of thrones and tells the story of house targaryen now as a non-game of thrones watcher i have really no knowledge about what any of that means um what i do know is that there was another uh game of thrones prequel starring naomi watts and written and directed by um by female showrunners which was seen as significant um and that uh it essentially is coming out today that that it will not be moving forward so um it seems like they may have had both of these things in the works they actually filled an episode for the one that got canned 
um, and they've made their choice. Um, so without knowing pretty much anything, you know, what's your excitement level? Do you think that this is going to attain the same mass hysteria that Game of Thrones did? So from the two, what I've heard of the two storylines, I'm actually more excited about the House of Targaryen storyline, simply because when you're watching Game of Thrones, it's all building upon how powerful the House of Targaryen once was and and how they had all these dragons at their arsenal. And all you're thinking is, man, I would have liked to see that show. How badass would that be? Well, well, here's your chance. Show us. I think it's definitely think- smart to consolidate into just one show. Um, I know I kind of dunk on The Walking Dead a lot and what it kind of turned into. But if you look at a lot of shows, if you're doing like prequels or spinoffs, I think it's a rough idea to try to do multiple. And the Game of Thrones is... Or, or, the Walking Dead, rather, as my reference. You look at how, how they have Fear the Walking Dead, now they have an additional spinoff. And personally, I think you got to either keep to one show at a time in a universe, because I don't think you'll have a good carryover audience to multiple shows. I think trying to do something like the Marvel Universe does, where they have a bunch of different outlets and inlets into the, the universe, I think that's a very rare phenomenon. And I think Game of Thrones is smart to kind of limit it to their one like most successful idea because like Tectic said, I think a lot of people are interested in the history of the Targaryens. So putting all your eggs in that basket, making sure that that show gets all the resources that it needs in terms of funding and just production value and stuff like that. I feel like that will make it a little bit more successful. And I think that if you do have multiple shows out there, you're just going to split your audience because especially in today's day and age where there's so much content out there in general, I feel like it's very difficult to get people to commit to one show, let alone two. So I think bearing down on just one is a smart idea whether or not they needed to wait until they had a whole cast and they filmed a whole episode i feel like they probably could have decided on that a little bit earlier just so i mean i feel like that's kind of rude to do if when you have a whole episode filmed and then you're just like hey guys just kidding we don't like this bye i feel like that well, that so kind of sucks but uh, apparently hbo was not happy with the pilot and they asked for changes um, before deciding to kill it. I don't know what changes they asked for. I'm just, I'm reading off BuzzFeed here. Um, that other show was set to be, was apparently to be set in a time period thousands of years before the series. Um, so getting even further away from the original series. Um, and I don't know I, how I, that I, would work either. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Um, I, I just don't know how that would work either because I feel like if you maintain a connection to the characters that people already know and love, I feel like it'll be a little bit easier. If you go back thousands of years, like that's going to be a little bit of a stretch to make that tie. Yeah, like you'll still have some of the family lines. They'll probably still be the House of Stark and uh, Baratheon, things like that. So you go, oh, I, I know that house. That That's pretty neat. So w- without knowing anything about Game of Thrones, I mean, I know a decent amount just because of what I hear, but... Where do you see this series set uh, um, focusing on House House Targaryen? Where do you see that leading um, in terms of like where Game of Thrones itself starts? Is there a very clear path that just will bleed directly into Game of Thrones and and make it a true prequel series? Or is there still room for ambiguity in the ending? It has to go up to um, Jon Snow's mother being born. I feel simply because leading up uh, the biggest, you know, plot twist was that. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler (laughs) alert. I mean, I feel like we're pretty past that at this point, but go ahead. Was that Jon Snow's mother was a Targaryen and 
if you can, once you get to that linkage point of at least her being born into the world, I think then you go, wow, I, I've seen it all. Way to go, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, right. I think they definitely, you'll know the ending of the show, obviously. Like, it obviously has to run up to present day at a certain point. But I think there's so much to explore, especially when you look at, I mean, the major thing with the House of Targaryen and Game of Thrones was that, I mean, the kings all went mad at a certain point and the lineage felt tainted. But at one point, they were great and they led like a great civilization. They had a bunch of dragons. So it'd be really interesting for me to see the exploration of the the turning point for that dynasty like what happened to them and i know a lot of it was inbreeding they say that in game of thrones both the book and the show but just watching that devolution happen and i feel like depending on where you start in the lineage i feel like you can really see a lot of development you can get a lot of characters i mean they could focus on one generation of targaryens they could focus on multiple it really depends on how they want to do it i did not read the companion book um i've read all the other game of thrones book but that that is one that I did not read, so I'm not really sure from the source material where they're going to take it. But, I mean, as we saw with the TV show already, they deviate when they see fit. Well, if there's one thing that we know will put asses in the seats to watch a Game of Thrones spinoff, it is the promise of inbreeding. So, uh, you heard it here first, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you're hearing it here second or, or third. But uh, there is a Game of Thrones prequel series coming soon house of the dragon check it out um we're going to take our quick break now but before before we do we are going to uh, as always shout out our wonderful patreon producer mr ben checkness uh ben has been backing us for quite a while we really appreciate him he's super cool and um he was on the show with us a little while back and and hopefully we'll be again soon um and Ben supports us on Patreon. So if you want to support us, if you like listening to the show, if you like what we do, uh, we would really appreciate um, the positive feedback in the form of Patreon support. And um, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. And you will see that there are three levels of support. Um, so our good friend Ben is a producer and he supports us at the night level, which is the highest of the three levels. Um, as a result, he gets a shout out on each show. Uh, he gets input into our game segment every week. Uh, he also, um, after three months, uh, did get that guest spot with us. So if you want to talk to us and, and be on the show with us, uh, that's your opportunity. And he also gets access to our monthly secret segment and our monthly vlog. Um, there is a second level of Patreon support, which is the Squire level. And that gets you uh, access to both the vlog and the secret segment every month. And then there is the page level, uh, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So again, uh, we would really appreciate it if you uh, are interested in supporting us. And if you like what we do, head on over to that webpage and check it out. Yeah. And instead of words from friends this week, we actually just wanted to plug some things that we'll be releasing. We will have for our Patreon subscribers, we'll be having our secret segment that will be dropping in the next day or so that will be focused on celebrity Halloween costumes. So we're getting ready for spooky season. Uh, It'll be a good listen on your Halloween. So if you want to rip on or appreciate celebrity halloween costumes that is your moment to do it um and we will also be having a special vlog hosted by illegal for your viewing pleasure 
That is me. I will be talking about uh, my NFL midseason project- projections and predictions, uh, who I think is in line for the MVP, who I think is headed to the Super Bowl. Uh, get hyped. Uh, I tend to not be correct about a lot of these things, so you can watch it, listen to it, and uh, make fun of me later when I'm wrong. So get excited for that. Let's let's jump right in and, and keep moving along uh, and talk about Luigi's Mansion. So uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 releases on Halloween, of course, and it's getting great reviews. Metacritic is currently at 86, which is pretty darn good. Um, pretty much uh, every site, uh, Engadget, IGN, a bunch of others, um, are basically saying it, uh, well, and a direct quote from Engadget's title is it's Mario's brother at his best. So we last saw Luigi's Mansion uh, back in 2013, I want to say. Yes, 2013 uh, with uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which was released for Nintendo 3DS. But of course, the original, the fifth best-selling GameCube game of all time was Luigi's Mansion, um, which, what's your guys' exposure to Luigi's Mansion? So when Luigi's Mansion was big, so was Super Mario Sunshine. And so when you put the two of those next to each other, Luigi's Mansion, honestly, as a young kid, spooked me out a little bit. Scared, scared. Yeah, (laughs) that's, that's fair. And there was, because not only that, there were like weird glitches in that game that made it seem like Luigi was actually dead. And it was just, it creeped me out and I, and I had a hard time getting into it. Now as a, a full grown adult. Um, who's not scared of anything. Who's not scared of nothing. Um, <laughs> I looked at the reviews and I was actually very, very excited about this. And one of the main reasons is Gooigi that they had showed um for those oh, of yeah, you yeah so, so how a lot of you know um nerd bomber and i play a lot of co-op together and when i see an opportunity like gooigi boy do i just get excited yeah so so there is a, a pretty serious cooperative element in this game uh, there's also competitive multiplayer up to eight players i want to say um so that's also a new thing for luigi's mansion um i played the original i did not beat it uh did it spook luigi's you? mansion no, it didn't spook me. Necessarily. I, look, I I was tough as nails even back when I was however old I was when this game came out. Um, it wasn't scary. It was just incredibly difficult. And you know what? Uh, you mentioned Super Mario Sunshine. Both of those games. I had both of those games. I played both of those games. I loved both of those games. Did not be either one. They were both so difficult. I thought they were both so difficult. Um, but Luigi's Mansion was was awesome i mean truth be told i don't know the details about luigi's mansion 3 and whether you're going to be uh using the poltergust again it looks like you are just based on looking at the wikipedia poltergust of course being a vacuum cleaner that sucks up ghosts come on guys um i mean this is for me this is another uh brick in the slowly growing wall of why i need to buy a switch i mean this sounds amazing um I think it's one of the great platformers that Nintendo has, and I think it's a shame that it hasn't been more heavily utilized. So, are you guys on the buy train for this? Yeah, Yahoo! That's my Luigi. <laughs> so, <laughs> I good. personally, I feel like I fielded a question on Twitter about this at some point when I was talking about like new releases or something that I was excited for, and someone pointed out that I didn't have this game on my list. So, I will make a confession here on the air for everyone to hear that I was not a big Nintendo kid growing up. Boo. 
I just I didn't Yikes. have any of the consoles. I had a Sega Genesis. I had a PC that I played games on. I had a PlayStation Two. Then took a little bit of a break. Then hopped into Xbox. And I kind of besides having the Wii, and I think I pretty much just used that for like Wii Fit. We didn't have a ton of games on the Wii. Um, for the most part, I ha- was very insulated from a lot of the Nintendo games. If it wasn't something on my Game Boy, like. Pokemon or something like that, I really didn't have much exposure to it. So I honestly, prior to seeing information and reviews and clips about this game, I was just kind of like, okay, that's just another Mario game. But the more that I'm seeing on it, like the humor looks pretty fun. Like it looks kind of spooky, but not too spooky. Like just enough spooky that me as a scaredy cat can probably get through it. Um, so I'm actually more excited about this game than I thought I would be, especially given the reviews and the cooperative play that they have. I, so I might be on the buy train on this one. Two things that I also noticed. The first thing is they're not in a man, in a haunted mansion anymore. They're in like a haunted hotel. And yeah. the other thing that I noticed is if you saw the cutscene for when the game started, they all had their own room which means Peach and Mario are not a thing, which means, Luigi, you have a chance. Go for wow. it. Wow. So you're saying there's a chance. Maybe that'll be a, a huge running storyline in Luigi's Mansion. Maybe they're going to, maybe they'll shake up uh, the known dichotomy of those characters. That would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I do want to kind of state, just for the record, I think uh what tactic has said about how scary the original game is and, and if you're worried about the the Luigi's mansion 3 being too scary i wouldn't worry too much about that um i you know i i mean i think it's designed so like younger children can play it as well as uh as fresh adults like us um yeah i'm i'm excited i mean i also want to say nerd bomber you missed out on gamecube gamecube was absolutely incredible um so I'm really excited for this. I think I'm on board. Uh, I wish I had a Switch, et cetera, et cetera. I think the time is getting nigh for you to get a Switch. The time is nigh. The time. I mean, especially, you know, we're getting more details about the next generation of consoles. Um, as I hear more and more, I realize just how expensive they're going to be. And the time is going to be just right, I think, for me to kind of buy low on the Switch. Um. And I'm just, I'm getting closer and closer and closer to that. So, um, as I said, this is just another, another bullet point for that. Um, I do want to mention before we move on too, uh, there's a deal going on right now, uh, through, through, uh, 1159 PM on Wednesday night and that's Pacific time. Um, you can log into, I don't know if it's Rakuten, Rakuten, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, guys, you can get this game for $50 instead of the usual $60 list price. Um, if you log into Rakuten and apply the coupon code DS9 at checkout. Um, so if you're feeling frisky and wanting to pre-order this thing, it's getting great reviews. Every All, all the returns sound really good. Um, then you can get it for $10 less than and you normally would be able to. That is a rarity because I feel like, especially with Nintendo Switch, games do not go on sale very often. It is a very few and far between thing. I think you have to wait a couple years usually before the Nintendo first party titles go on sale. I mean, even just, I think, Breath of the Wild is finally starting to go on sale and Link's Awakening just came out and that might be the only reason why it might be going on sale. 
and well it's certainly not you know this is a brand new it's not even out yet so the just the idea of pre-ordering for a reduced price you know it's also pretty crazy so yeah uh that's one that could be taken advantage of before we move um, off the news completely um since we talked about some of the the price points of the new consoles there was something that just came out earlier today i think it was today Oh, that's right um xbox announced that they're bringing back the all access plan which was for it was already established i think it was like a payment plan sort of thing where you basically were quote-unquote renting a console and then you paid them monthly installments and you would get the console you would get xbox live and a game and so now they're resurrecting that where they're going to bring this plan back um at the end of the the term for the old plans you would own the console but now they're giving you the option to upgrade the xbox for the next generation xbox project scarlet whenever that comes out um so there is a payment plan out there in the world if you are worried about the price of new consoles. There you have it. Um, so so I, I'm thinking about getting on the Switch train. Uh, you may be asking, what else is going on in my life? And uh, let's move into our What Are You Up To Wednesday segment and I can tell you. Um, I really only have one major update today and... Uh, it might be kind of silly. I mean, I'm, I'm 27 years old. I had to check my math on that. Uh, guys, I've never had fondue in my life. And really? this past weekend I did. And did you go like melting for- pot or like, did you do homemade fondue? A friend of mine has a fondue pot. So we, we did, we did both the cheese fondue and then the chocolate fondue. And boy, if you're asking me to pick one of those, it's the chocolate all the way really um, it was amazing guys if, if you're listening and you haven't ever had fondue you need to find a way to make it happen because uh i don't think even i understood just how great it would be so are you, are you guys fondue folks well two questions first one are you going to sure. invest in your own fondue pot boy um in as much as i just said it's amazing it also seems like it's a lot of work so right now I'm going to say no. Second the answer question. is I'm going to continue mooching off of my friend that does have a fondue pot. Are you going to like invest that. in a chocolate fountain? I feel like that's even messier. What is the difference between a chocolate fountain and a fountain? Is the chocolate fountain just that the chocolate's always moving? I find the chocolate that, like, fountain to be more gross. <laughs> does, does the movement of the chocolate make it taste better? I feel like the answer is probably no. And otherwise, it's just a splash dip, machine. It just coats things. I feel like the chocolate fountain, though, you never get full coverage. Like if you dip something in melted chocolate, you know that you're going to dip that entire thing and you're going to get full coverage of that strawberry or whatever. But like if you're sticking it in a fountain, you're going to get dribbles and stuff and it's not going to be as consistent. I not like only that, every place I've been to that has a chocolate fountain, I always see kids like sticking their hands in it or their face near it. And Well, right. See so, where a kid would need stick your hand in a chocolate fountain? Absolutely. Sounds like a dream. But I guess I take back my second question. Don't buy a chocolate fountain. So yeah, I, mean, I love chocolate, but I have to ask you, how did you do the cheese? Because even though I love chocolate and like if I could bathe in chocolate, I probably would. There is something about cheese fondue that is just delectable. So I have to ask, how did you do the cheese? Well, so the the the, the cheese part was not as good as the chocolate part and here's i think one of the major things why is that i I was doing this in a communal setting and uh one of the people was a vegetarian 
so there was no meat involved whatsoever i think if meat had been involved i think the cheese rocket would have shot way up um i will say though uh surprisingly you know what my favorite thing to dip in cheese was so we had like we had pretzels we had little bread you know we was had it like, broccoli uh, all there were brock there was broccoli uh there were also carrots which i didn't do that because i'm not a big carrot guy i also think the combo is weird but the biggest surprise to me and you might you might be grossed out by this uh green apple if you I dip not like a granny smith apple it is guys it's it's something else i've and had I that before I got to me that, it is delicious and that combo to me just seems so weird almost off-putting of like combining the tartness of a green apple with like melted cheese but it was a revelation you get I mean, that I'm sweet still, and savory combination see it's, that's what yeah. i was gonna say like that rivals to me chocolate fondue so my perfect fondue and we've frequented the melting pot we are not sponsored but we've frequented the melting pot a lot and one of my favorite cheese things cheese fondue combos is when they have the it's like a bacon and chive cheddar and so that's melted down and you get that nice like savory like deep cheese deep bacon taste and then you dip a green apple in there and there is like nothing better in this world for whatever reason than a bacony cheesy apple delicious you, you know what we got to do is is we got to do an episode of the podcast when, when we switch to video format which hopefully will eventually happen uh one of the episodes is just going to be we're going to be doing the, a regular episode but we're also going to be eating from a from a fondue pot at the same time and just Ooh. like going on a fondue trip we should do fondue flavors and then we can have it fondue or fondant yeah that'd be pretty good i mean i i will say uh, chocolate fountains the idea doesn't seem as good to me just to re- revisit that point for a second i want to be in control of my e- even with cheese cheese or chocolate i want to be in control of my application and like you said, you want to get a good even coat on things. You want to make sure it's completely covered, get a full dip in there. I think that's really important. But yeah, to, for me, the chocolate, I, I have a sweet tooth. So for me, the chocolate was, was the clear winner. But uh, shout out to my friend who has a fondue pot. You're great. And uh, I'm moving in with you. That's my update. You guys can uh, take it away from there. Okay. So something that I'm really excited about that occurred this past weekend was... I made my mine and Nerd Bombers Halloween costumes. And homemade. Yes. Um wow. normally we work completely together on them, but um I had the day off from work and it was kind of last minute and it worked to get it worked out really, really well. So what we did this year was we were we were supposed to do a group of four people and we were gonna be Ninja Turtles, but last minute that changed and we became a group of two. And so the last minute switchover, we said, let's do Wally and Eve from oh, Wally. Cute. And I am not a professional costume maker by any stretch of the word. Really? But they turned out pretty good. I, I used a uh, those those rubber chemistry goggles, painted the, the sides and back and front of those to be silver with like gold and a little bit of rust looking for his eyes hot glued some washers to them to give that circular part that he has in the front of his eyes. And then for the body, I had a yellow t-shirt that I sewed Wally with a little red circle and an E in it. And then I sewed like a, almost looked like a gray pillowcase, pillowcase on my shoulders to give me that. I didn't that, know you were a, a sewer. 
I, I, I wouldn't consider myself a sewer either by any stretch of the word. But you dabble, clearly. I, I dabbled in some needle and thread. And uh, and, I, and I gave me sort of that boxy appearance without the box because we were going to go to a bar crawl and I didn't want a box in crowds. Um, and yeah. then... And then for for Nerd Bombers, which was super simple, so Eve has basically no discernible qualities. Yeah, so um, you cut off you cut off Nerd Bombers' arms and legs. Yeah, and and that was it. <laughs> no, it. so you put a white sweater on her and you're done. Yeah, so I did white sweater, white beanie, and I gave okay. the little uh, green tree logo that that lights up on Eve's chest every now and then. I put 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 a little patch there, and then I put on the beanie kind of a black patch with with blue eyes on it and that was it but we were you, wally and eve i enjoyed i, I did it. see the photos i did see the photos they were very cute um i i know i have a costume for this weekend the party i'm going to is this coming weekend i'm not going to say what it is i'll say what it is on the on the uh secret segment so if if you want to know hit us up on, on the patreon I, I, maybe i'm hyping it for a big letdown i don't know but borat uh, if you guess what it is, I will tell you, but it's, 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 it's not Borat. I've never seen Borat actually. I'm about to get a lot of angry tweets and comments about how I haven't seen Borat. Sorry to everyone who loves Borat. I thought it was Nerd a Bomber, What do you have? I, yeah, I didn't, I, it doesn't seem like my kind of comedy, but again, I don't, I don't want to offend any people. So, so something that Nerd is Bomber. my kind of comedy is Zombieland. So Zombieland was probably oh, one of it? my favorite movies when that when the original came out. Yeah, we saw Zombieland 2 this weekend. Um, Zombieland, I think that... I don't even think The Walking Dead was out when Zombieland first came out, the original. And there was something about it, just like the quirky comedy. Like there were zombies, but it wasn't necessarily focused on zombies. And just the, the way that the cast interacted made it one of my favorite movies of that time period. I think it was... 2009 so like the early 2000 period i must have watched that movie like 15 times so i was one of the people i think i even mentioned it on a podcast when the movie was announced but i was super ecstatic when zombieland 2 was announced and honestly it did not disappoint so we finally saw it on friday and we went with a group of people some of them actually hadn't even seen the original movie before and i will say i thoroughly enjoyed it um if you saw the trailer at all they introduced some new characters um there was one new character and she's kind of like a ditzy very um cliche blonde mall girl and i thought that she would be super annoying but she actually added a lot of really funny comedy beats throughout the entire show and it kind of shook up the dynamic between the characters um so i actually really enjoyed that character i thought having the dichotomy of um Woody Harrelson's character and Abigail Breslin now that she's growing up um, seeing that like angsty teen rebellious nature because Woody Harrelson's character kind of plays her father figure I thought that was really interesting because to the movie's point in the very beginning it says like oh you know we've been together but obviously Abigail Breslin was always a child to their more adult characters with um, Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone and Woody Harrelson all being adults so it, it kind of explored that whole like growing up and trying to find yourself in the zombie apocalypse. And overall, like I just thought that it was really fun. It tried to keep the same tone as the original Zombieland. And I think it did that very successfully. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a good time. It was a really fun movie. I don't know. Tactic. What did you think? One recommendation to those who haven't seen it yet. When you do see it, stay 
through the credits, you will not yeah, be disappointed. So I, and this is what I heard. I heard it's one of the best post-credit scenes ever. I don't know what it's about, but a friend of mine saw it and said it was great. You have to make sure you stay after the credits. It's it's a huge, huge moment. Um, we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about Zombieland two earlier this year, I think. So they they had announced it not that long ago. Like it was kind of one of those things where they announced it over the summer, and it was a big surprise because no one saw it coming. So it, it was it was pretty quick. I think they capitalized on the fact that it took people by surprise too. Um, I know we'll probably transition to Fantasy Movie League very shortly, but I. It did not do as well at the box office as I guess I thought it did. But so far, like everyone seems to pretty much enjoy it. And it was really fun. Like I said, it really maintained the tone of the original movie and I really liked it. But then I'm kind of biased because I kind of went into it wanting to like it too. So I don't know if that impacts my thought process at all. But And there are also celebrity um, cameos, cameos in the movie, yeah. I will spoil well, I will. one thing. Jesse Eisenberg is in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will. I will add it to my list, uh, no doubt. Um, as you mentioned, let's let's talk about Fantasy Movie League because there were some early missteps for some for some typical contenders. Um, congratulations to Makayota. Uh You have won Week One of our fourth season. Yes, maybe. I can't remember which season it is, either a third or a fourth. It is the start of that season. Uh, Mecha Yoda coming in at $78 million, uh, beating Devin Reed, who's in second place, by just over a million. Um, Devin Reed in second at 77. Uh, Hipster Pop Geek, uh, another one of our typical contenders, in third place, just at around 74. Uh, Florida Hawk, who I think is a more recent addition to the, to the crew, 73 and a half. Uh, a brand new user, Justin AR Radio Moving Pictures, uh, is at 72 and three quarters, um, beating out Tectic, who is a little above 72 at number six. Uh, our good friend Ben at number seven was 64. That's a, a sizable jump there. Uh, Heck It's Tech also at 64, just barely beaten by Ben. And then we get Nerd Bomber at 63 and a half and myself at 60. And that rounds out the top 10. Uh, the money if have you fallen. didn't uh, get your name read, then 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 do better, because there's only ten names on the on the top ten, on the first page. Um, I am disappointed in myself. I am, however, gleeful to see that Nerd Bomber is right down here in the basement with me. Uh, we have work to do. I just I don't know if I thought Maleficent would do as well as it did. I just didn't see that coming. Like I guess I knew it was popular, but I didn't think it was that popular. You always got to bank on any kind of Disney movie. See, I don't even remember what I picked, and I, I I can't figure out a way to click and see. But uh, clearly, I made some some poor choices, and uh, I I have to live with that. Um, in any case, uh, our fantasy movie league it, we just started season three or four. I still can't remember which season it is. Um, if you want to get in on this and and compete for the crown for this season, uh, now is uh, your second best chance to do so. Your best chance was last week, but. Uh, you can still get in, get in early, and, and be competitive throughout the season. Uh, we are at FantasyMovieLeague.com, and our league name is Online Warriors Podcast. It is a locked league, but the password to get in is podcast, all lowercase. So we'd love to have you join us, and uh, you're probably going to do better than me. So if that's something that gets you going, then, then uh, head on over and check us out. Game time, guys. It's game time, and uh, this week... Uh, 
we have tactic hosting uh, a lie detector test what do you have for us tactic so in the spirit of halloween i will be doing international candy bars because everyone knows halloween's all about that candy so i've came up with a number of candy bars some real some fake and none of them located here in the states and i'm wow. very excited for these <laughs> So I'm just going to kick it right off and go into my first one. The first candy bar is called a Mandelstrong. That has to be real. Yeah, I can't see you coming up with a language. I think that's going to be real. Okay, that is real. <laughs> the origin is Norway. It is, this is one actually I really, really want to try myself. It's vanilla fondant coated in chocolate okay. and sprinkled with chopped almonds that actually sounds pretty okay. good it, it looks phenomenal too okay. i'm not an almond guy oh i love Sorry, almonds my next one is called a yorkie <laughs> that one that one is real also it sounds fake but i think it sounds too fake to be fake I think it's going to be fake because I think, isn't there like a York peppermint patty? And so I don't think, yeah. I think you made this up. And a Yorkie's a dog. too close. So that is real. Its origin yes. is England. It is a chunky, it is referred to as a chunky biscuit covered chocolate bar studded with raisins. It sounds so British. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Uh, that one I want to try a lot less. I have to admit, sorry to all our, our UK listeners out there, if we have any. Um, doesn't sound as appetizing. Happy Halloween, by the way, to everyone. And to I realize we haven't said happy Halloween to anybody. Happy Halloween, Nerd Bomber Tactic listeners. Thanks. Trick or treat. Uh, okay. I was not expecting that, and I don't have a trick lined up. Sorry, Tactic, I'm, I'm hijacking your game. Continue. So my next one is called... A silly bar. I'm saying this again, one's this, fake. This one is real again because he, he, he it's it's too fake to be to be fake. Okay, so this one is fake. Dang. A silly bar up. is actually a slang term for Xanax. Pass that silly bar. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I think I think you're a silly bar tactic. So it's okay, all so tied now up. We're, now we're tied. Yeah. The next yes. one is a violet crumble this is fake i th think this one might be real this one is real dang it it is it hails from australia it is honeycomb toffee coated in chocolate Shout out to our Aussie friends if you guys have had this candy and can give us a feedback on if it's delicious or not because it sounds good, but like it could very well be gross. So please let us know because I'm interested. Do they know that their candy bar sounds like it's made up because it really does? Dang it. All right. Okay. I'm in this. Come on. Okay. This, this next one is called Black Thunder. I think that's this is This fake. is fake. This is, this is fake. This is real. Oh, it hails it. I had from, a chance to catch up. It hails from Japan. It is chocolate cookies with puffed rice covered in chocolate. I mean, that sounds good. I'd eat it. Black Thunder was also my nickname in high school. So I'm sure it was. Copyright <laughs> infringement. 
Dang it. Okay, so now, now I'm losing. Or no, I'm not, I'm, I'm, am I losing by two? You're only losing oh. by one. I didn't get that last one right. I'll be honest. <sighs> it's Halloween. Thank, yeah, in the spirit of Halloween. Thank you. The next candy bar is called Lion White. The fake. This is, this is real. This one is real. What? Yes. This yes. one hails from the United Kingdom. It is a caramel wafer with crisp rice covered in chocolate. You know, I, I, I do want to hear from our from our international listeners on this. I, I, I want to hear what you think of these candy bars. And any of any of the ones we mentioned, if you've had it, let us know how it is. Let us know if it's popular. I'm wondering if Technic is just pulling these out of the out of the woodwork. So we're all tied up. Two two. Man, this is exciting. This next one is called Kerbis. Say what now? This Kerbis. It's fake. I'm going to go with fake also. So this is fake. It is just the German word for pumpkin. <laughs> I like how you're like doing how- like investigations on things that are real, but like not candy bars. So that like they're not totally out there. I am really that. digging the dedication. I agree. Okay. So we got one more for the tiebreaker. Oh my gosh. This is so intense. We're going to go with Goldbrod. This is real. Mm. If I say real, that's not fun because then if we get it right, then it's No, it's, it's fine. You, you say whatever you want to say and we can figure out a tiebreaker if you want to say the same thing. I, th- I have, a, I have backups if you feel like... Okay, I think this is real. It is real. It hails from Norway... It is marzipan covered in chocolate. What is okay, marzipan? So Can someone explain that to me? Isn't it like candied almond or something? It's almond is involved. Let me Google it. Um, also, for the next question, for the next tiebreaker question, we should do like one, two, three answer so we don't like. Oh, that's good. Don't stagger yeah. it. Okay. I like um, that. I like the way you think. Like rock, paper, mar- scissors style. Marzipan is a confection consisting primarily of sugar or honey and almond meal. Sometimes augmented with almond oil. So yeah, it's, it's almond something or other. Okay. Tiebreaker round two. Let's do this. Okay. This next one is called a brittle stick. Okay. Ready? One, yeah. two, three. Fake. Fake. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. We both said fake. It's gotta be fake. That was fake. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you have any more or is that your last one? I have, I have one more on my list. Okay, boy. Okay, we better answer something different this time. Okay, you do the countdown this time. Okay, sounds good. What do you got? This next one is called an oolong. Okay. Yeah, an oolong. One, two, three, fake. fake. Dang it. I have no more on my list, and you guys are just going to chalk well, it one, down as a tie. Oolong is a T. That one I do know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew that too. Is it fake? Yes, it was fake. Yeah, okay. it has to be fake. I have a, uh, I have a good way to decide this so we can figure okay. out who's doing the quiz next week. So, Tactic, you're going to count us down and we're going to play an audio version of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Best two out of three will win this one. Okay? Oh my gosh, this is so intense. So, what we'll okay. do is one, two, three, and then say, we're not doing like Rock, Paper, Scissors, Shoe. Just Rock, Paper, Scissors, and then say it. Okay? This could be the first 
audio rock paper scissors game ever played and i'm on board okay i'm ready let's do this three two one scissors paper dang it <laughs> all right i'm down one okay the timing I, should be a little bit better <laughs> it i it's fine it's fine i'm committing i'm not doing any nonsense i'm ready to win i'm ready to come from behind and win this thing okay i'm ready three two one paper scissors Ooh! oh my gosh okay it all so comes down it. to this this is, this is the further win you okay got, you got to shoot it quicker by the way illegal i'm shooting it too fast i'm okay i'm shooting it too slow i can shoot faster okay let's do this three two one paper paper oh no <laughs> no right, we go you guys again. are destined to tie okay uh, no one more come on we can do this three two one rock rock come on <laughs> this is amazing guys no one's ever done this okay last one i promise i swear three two one paper paper oh, God. <laughs> I, I even said it first it's like such a time delay okay okay one more one more <laughs> this is so this is so much fun to listen to i'm sure <laughs> we can do this three two one scissors rock yes okay illegal wins <sighs> man that was that was the hardest i've had to work for anything hey that was that was a silly bar if you ask me that was that was one sweaty, silly man. bar i am i am also a bit damp over here um that was intense guys that was our first ever <laughs> like quadruple rock paper scissors tiebreaker uh hope you enjoyed listening to it um next week i will be hosting the lie detector whatever that may be and in the meantime uh we wish all of our listeners a very happy halloween or whichever other halloween variant you may celebrate if halloween variants indeed exist um we thank you for listening as always and we would really appreciate it if you like what you're listening to you can head on over to apple podcasts and leave us a review we we do read those we appreciate any feedback and um barring that you can also head on over to twitter and check out each of our handles uh, we have a main account uh for our podcast at online warriors one there's also at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber and at ow illegal 86 if you want to talk to any of us um and uh, we'd be happy to hear from you and uh with that we will see you all next week happy halloween <laughs>